All right, Dora is in the house. And Dora, we go way back. I was trying to sell you empanadas maybe eight years ago, which is crazy uh, and awesome to be connected with someone that long in the industry. So welcome to another episode of the Pleasantly Persistent Podcast. And Christy McGill is out today. She is under the weather, but it kind of works out well because Dora and I do go back so long so we can <laughs> them all together. So Dora, can you give an intro and then we'll dive in, please? Sure. Um, first of all, thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be on this. Um, we do go way back and, um, you know, speaks to who you are that we've followed you uh, for all these years. Um, my name is Dora Campo. I am the Senior Food Service Category Manager for Global Partners. I've been with Global for eight years now um, in a number of different roles, but all of them pertaining to food service. Um, before this, you know, I always like to say that I grew up in this industry. My father, uh, my parents owned a convenience store growing up, and um, I got to to work in it a little bit younger than I should have been. Um, I was very comfortable with C-stores and, you know, my uncle also owned a C-store and all throughout college, I, I was working at independent C-stores. So I like to say that, you know, this is kind of embedded in my blood at this point. Yeah, I didn't know that. So where did you grow up? Was it one single unit C-store? Did it, is it, when did it, did it get bought out by someone? Is it still around? Um, we, it, I grew up in Boston, Massachusetts. Um, mm -hmm. my father owned just a, you know, your typical bodega. Um, yeah. he specialized a lot in, you know, Latino food and, yeah. um, you know, imported items. The, he sold it when I was about 14, 15. And I'm sure now when he looks at what I decided to do as a career, he's probably, yeah. Uh, slapping himself in the hand for, yeah. for doing that. <laughs> yeah, well, so it's funny. My dad owned with my uncle, his brother owned a food service brokerage, which they sold. Um, so because <laughs> I, I, I didn't, food service wasn't, it wasn't a thought for me. I didn't think I was getting into food, into food service and the universe was just like, yes, you are. So, yeah. Yeah, so cool. it's, and then, it's bittersweet. It, it's actually it's about five minutes away from my house right now. And I go in there all the time and just, you know, reminisce on all the memories I had growing up there. And, you know, I, I look at little places in the store and say, you know, I used to I used to run around here. Or, um, I used to hide back there. So it's yeah, great. Yeah. So did, were you going to like Nax back in the day or no? Did you go to Nax with them or they probably <laughs> uh, weren't even big? They weren't going. No, we, were, we weren't big enough. Um, yeah. You know, my dad did go to, you know, the, the trade shows that his distributor was running at the time. Yeah. But um, who was his so, distributor back in the day? I don't even think they exist anymore, to be honest. Well, no, they probably um, got bought out by someone. So cool. And so global, how many total globals are there and how many do food service? So right now we're at uh, a little north of 350 stores and we have about 250 of them that do some form of food service. And, you know, I like to remind everyone that food service is, is coffee, right? You know, that that is food service as well. So we have about 250 stores that carry yeah. some form of, of food. Yeah, all right, let's dive in. There's There's a lot here. So 
starting with trends. So from when you started to now, what's like normal now to be in your stores and or convenience that just was not a thing uh, when you first started, not at your not your dad's place, but at, at yeah. Global. <laughs> Well, actually, um, you can take it both. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. I think now, you know, there's this big emphasis on fresh. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when I first started at Global, our top selling items were probably some some form of, uh, of a sandwich that was frozen and, and thawed out and um, taken out into an open air cooler. Where now, you know, our uh, hard hitters are fresh sandwiches that we purchased from a commissary. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's the biggest piece there. And also just the, the kind of snacking components, right? So, you know, before they, we always had some form of fruit cup that's sitting inside of a juice, but now we have fresh fruit cups or cheese sticks, things that people can easily take on the go with them. Um, and, and we consider that food service in global because you kind of need a food service mentality with it because of how perishable these items are, um, we kind of need to be able to be adaptable by location on what their offerings are so that we know kind of what's selling and what's not. And as far as coffee, has coffee consumption increased since when you first started? Have like, has, I don't know, is there any trends there? Has there been more real estate given to coffee? Oh, we've we've made a huge push towards with coffee, um, especially in the last three years. Um, when COVID hit, we decided to take that opportunity of, you know, all of our coffee, most of our coffee bars were getting shut, you know, COVID. And we took that opportunity to say, all right, how can we better this experience now? So we made a large investment into Bean to Cup into and into a proprietary coffee blend Mm -hmm. and with that you know we didn't want to just kind of put lipstick on a pig did it the we increased the amount of space that was there we redid coffee counters uh we made sure that we were kind of putting our best foot forward with the program um and you know a lot of the things that we do now kind of revolves around our coffee program um very recently I rolled out a proprietary breakfast sandwich program that was specifically designed to pair really well with our breakfast, uh, with our coffee, sorry. And, um, you know, coffee trends were doing really well up until COVID. And I think at that point, a lot of people decided to make their coffee at home. Um, and we're slowly starting to see that trickle trickle back. Mm-hmm. So interesting. So what do you see if you had to guess you choose one, five, 10 years from now, like in food service for convenience, like what will maybe fade and what will like pop or maybe enter the picture, whether it's like attributes, whether it's gluten-free plant, like more plant-based gluten-free, or if it's a certain kind of item that will fade or come in. I think, um, Speaking to coffee, I think five, 10 years from now, I think everyone will have bean to cup. Um, and we're really proud of being, you know, kind of at the beginning end of that where, you know, yeah. we're, we're kind of starting that trend in the Northeast. Um, 
As far as food goes and, and traditional sea store food service, I think, you know, this fried chicken um, era, I think it's mm -hmm. kind of here to stay. Mm -hmm. um, it's so versatile. There's so many things that you could do with it in terms of sauces and different carriers. Um, so I think that's going to continue to keep booming over the next five to 10 yeah. years. Um, yeah. I also think, you know, healthy options um, are going to start, you know, trickling in. We've been hearing for so long that, you know, people want to be eating healthier. And I think for right now, sea stores are still viewed a little bit as a treat. And I think that's going to continue to change as we go down the line. Totally. And do you think it's plant-based, allergen-friendly, clean label, more like, yeah, which of those, or is it like, a, or is it a combo? Which of those may pop the soonest? I would say um, allergen-friendly might be yeah. a big one because, you know, now, you know, there's there's gluten, pe people that have gluten sensitivity, um, people that are dairy free, and it's for a slew of reasons, right? It could be, you know, it's better for my skin or, you know, I just feel better when I don't have gluten. And I feel like that's how it's going to be trending. And that's going to pose some challenges for, for C-stores also, right? Because, you know, having an allergen free environment is also, you know, oh. fairly difficult to to guarantee yeah totally um are there i know you won't name any in the northeast are there any convenience chains who you kind of look up to or just like think of like trailblazers and really like leading the way other than global slash all town fresh that you might um, you might peep, you might peep their menu every once in a while that they have going on you know i i really um as far as in the Northeast goes, I look a lot to um, to Seasons and Terneria. Yeah. Um, I think they both do, you know, great jobs. I also like to keep on track with what, you know, the Wawa's and the Sheets are doing. Yeah. Um, I personally think Sheets does an amazing job and, and I like to keep on top of kind of what they're doing, what what even their beverage op options are, uh, what are they having in their open air cases, all of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, how can it not be interesting? Um, all right, shifting to buyer seller relationship. How many inbound emails? I know different every day, but on <laughs> average, whether you want to say day or week, how many inbounds via LinkedIn or email do you get with someone trying to sell you something? I would say on. A good week, probably about half a dozen. Okay. Okay. So six, six a week. Six okay. a week. Uh, and the, the funny part is probably out of those six, five of them have nothing to do with it, with anything that I do. <laughs> That's so crazy. So there's only one person a week trying to sell you actual food to like a massive convenience store. Well, yes, but I also like to just call out that the food service that I handle is a little yes. bit different than the conventional food service. Um, I, for the most part, manage our open air coolers, yep. which is everything that comes in that's, uh, you know, prepackaged and ready to totally. sell. Yeah. Um, and 
for that reason, I think it's it's very niche that yeah. that that piece. Um, I because the food service is in my my title. I have a lot of people sending me, you know, chicken and and you know component yeah, yeah. pieces that I, I forward off to the appropriate got people. Got it. So tell me, what kind of cold email lands? Like, what will grab your attention, and what will you like mark even in your head as like spam? Like, yeah, what, what's a good email? Um, for one, I like it when people are doing their homework. Right there, this isn't just a a blanket, you know, insert name here, insert company name here. Um, I like it when they say, you know, I understand that you have these different chains, and this is how uh, this is the product that we're that we have, and let's see how this could work out for you. For the most part, I like to give everyone a chance. If not just for my own personal knowledge and to see what's out in the market. Um, even if I don't think it's going to be a good fit or um, it would never work just because of distribution, I still like to to give everyone a shot as much as possible. And um, it's, I, I usually almost never say no to at least one meet and greet. Yes, you are rare. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> that's amazing. So, and let's talk about that meet and greet. So if some, if you say, what does a good meet and greet look like, whether it's in person or virtual? So first they send the invite. What is acceptable? Like, do you want the invite to be for 15, 30? And if it goes over 30, is that too aggressive? I guess we'll start there. I would say 30 is doable because what I don't want is there to be then meeting after meeting after meeting where we say yeah. here's a quick 15 and actually we need more time but you know if my my schedule's busy then we have to schedule this out so I think 30 minutes is enough to kind of hit me with the right information with some market data with you know cost into distribution and you know what the top selling SKUs are okay and then they have the meeting do you expect right to take them seriously as someone who's going to be able to be a strong thorough professional partner do you expect a follow-up email the day within 24 hours kind of yes i'm just kind of sharing where my brain goes right now like <laughs> you, and like i would fully expect this from our team a hundred percent of the time like if you don't get an email the day after being like great meeting right even if you're like hey let, let's connect like late Q1. Like, do you expect an email being like, great meeting. Here's what I took away. We're really excited. Like I, I'll ping you again. Like when we talked about, like, is that like, do you need that? Or is it a deal? Yeah. Do you need that to take that person seriously? Uh, I don't need it, but I do appreciate it because it one highlights that we're both on the same page. Right. Yeah. So it gives me the opportunity to say, you must've misunderstood or, I actually meant this when 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 I said this. So I like it for for that reason, and it also shows me that you're really interested in the business. Mm -hmm. um, I don't a, a time frame, you know, 24 hours isn't it for me. If it's in with, within the week, I'm happy. Um, I do understand, you know, because I'm also busy as well as as yeah. well as uh, all the salespeople. So. 
if yeah. it's within the week, I'm I'm a happy camper. Cool. This is very interesting to me. Unless it's now, something that I'm like super gung ho about. I'm like, I need this in my stores yesterday. That's when I'm want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So how about the opposite? Sometimes I think like, let's say I'm jazzed up. I like, let's say, let's say this was a sales call. And I'm like, I don't want to be too frantic. Like if you got an email, a follow up like an hour after we talk, you'd be like, a eh, little too frantic, a little too crazy. Send this tomorrow. Or is that you'd be like, oh, this, he's thorough and excited. I would say he's thorough and exciting. Um, I might not answer until the next day. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, for me, that's totally fine. Um, the I think the difference is kind of, you know, persistent follow-up. Um, yeah. You know, if there's a follow-up every single week and every single week it's, you know, there's, there's no response. You know, I like to say, sorry, I don't have an answer for you. Yeah. I'll reach out once I do. Um, and if that is where it kind of gets too persistent, that's where. Yeah, yeah, totally, 100%. All right. Uh, potentially the last, maybe not shows. Do you, first of all, do you go, do you go to next? I do. Okay. So next, what do you, what do you see as a good, like, right. Just trying to do the buyer seller thing. What do you think about, like, it kind of has to be fair. How else are you supposed to grab someone? If someone grabs, right, they see your badge, it's a juicy badge and they grab you and they're like, Hey, can we, can we get a quick minute? Like, that's is that fair? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and the thing too is, you know, I've what I've learned is that being straightforward is usually best. So if it's something not in my wheelhouse, I go, I'm straightforward and I say, love this product, but I'm not the buyer for it. Mm -hmm. I, I'll be a buyer in my own time. Mm -hmm. Um, but with Nax, I think it's a little it's it's super difficult to get a lot of attention at NAX because, you know, especially first day, you know, everyone, every booth is getting tumbled with people just, you know, and half of them are just looking for free samples. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah. Uh, I really never had such a, you know, in-depth or super eye-opening conversation at NAX. Those conversations usually happen after for me. Totally. And when you guys game plan for Nax, are you like, all right, let's go and see what we bought into? Do you guys, I'm I'm just curious, like from a buyer, do you guys like look at the show list and like highlight a few you're excited to see? Or are you like, all right, we got to attack these categories. And also I'm curious, because that's where we usually are. The new product call, is that like, I guess it's a little different for, for you and your category. Well, yes and no. Like, is that an exciting call for you? I actually like the new product haul because uh, one, it's usually open earlier uh, than the rest of the show. So yeah. I, I usually like it for, for that reason. Um, and that kind of gives me a roadmap of where I'm going to go next um, following the show. Um, the, the only caveat with, you know, the new products is because Nax is so big, I'm always afraid that I'm going to fall in love with a, with a product and distribution is not mm -hmm. possible near me. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's always kind of, you know, the, the risk you take. Um, and then as far as planning for NAX goes, you know, a lot of my vendors reach out to me prior. They give me their booth numbers. Um, if they want to, we try to schedule some time, but I think after this point in time, we all know how NAX goes. It's always kind of crazy 
And if we bump into each other, we bump into each other. Um, So I I pretty much walk the whole floor when I go, especially with my category now. Um, It's kind of sprinkled all throughout the floor. It's not just one section. So I get my steps in when I go to NAX. Yeah. And do you end up going to that national restaurant show in Chicago or, or is that of interest or, or are there any shows besides NAX that are interest to you? Um, I haven't gone. I did go to the um, one conference in Chicago. I'm not sure if it's the same one. I was supposed to go to one in October, but um, I had a wedding that weekend. Yeah. And so um an overseas wedding so I couldn't go but um as far as shows go I think something more regional it usually helps me a lot um I especially now we've kind of gone into Virginia as a company we have a few Mm -hmm. uh, about 30 stores down in Virginia so those shows down there are really eye-opening for me because I'm used to the way that people buy up north but the Mm -hmm. way people buy down south is you know totally different yeah yeah okay interesting cool all right well good do you, i don't know if it's a plug it's not a plug but do you want to just briefly share because it's so cool about all town about all town sure um we have you know we're do, we're working on a lot of great things um we have our traditional all town stores that um are all throughout massachusetts and connecticut uh, we also have our All Town Fresh stores. Yeah, we have about a fresh, dozen I of guess those. I was trying to, yeah. Uh, we have about a dozen of those. There, we're kind of focusing on, you know, real chef driven, made from scratch, uh, allergen friendly type food, and really having food be yeah. uh, be the meat of our of our C store. Um, yeah. Everything else around it is kind of, you know, the the ancillary stuff. But we really choose to focus on food at those locations. Um, and we're working now on what we're calling an all town fresh select. We've rolled out our first one, which is kind of a crossbreed between the two, between an all town fresh and an all town where we're still having our traditional sea store, um, food, but also making sure that we're weaving in some of that better for you, uh, allergen friendly, uh, clean label type items. Yeah. They're a really cool spot. So. All right, cool. Dora, it was a pleasure. Thank you for your time. And uh, always great to see you. Thank you.